Well, good morning, everybody. Amen. God is good. There's a good uh, spirit of the Lord in here today. And I uh, just wanted to say thank you to our wonderful church family. Um, we got to celebrate my father-in-law's life here over this weekend, um, Friday and Saturday. And literally, and I, I mean, the ushers can, can tell you, those that were here that, that helped, um, the parking lot was packed. It was jammed. I mean, there were, I don't even know. There were people like, I don't even know if there's a place to park. Think about how big the parking lot is. I mean, if, if, we, if this would have been held in a uh, funeral home for that service on Friday night just for calling hours, there would have been a standing line outside and the weather was not good. <laughs> but he's such a great man. We were so honored to honor his life. I wanted to thank our church and family and those that, that helped get the facility ready and just had a spirit of excellence. Pastor Kim and I can't thank you enough. Just very wonderful. And thank you to those that, that uh, even in that time, you know, I had a birthday come. And many of you wished me happy birthday. And uh, I thank you for that. And so uh, we are very honored. I wanted to say a couple things before I get started. Uh, if you have a note and a pencil, uh, and if you're watching me live on Facebook... Um, you know, I'm, my mother-in-law, I don't see her with me today because she's been through a bunch. But their address is 819 Merkel Avenue in Marion. If you think of it, just a kind word, drop her a card, drop her a note. Just let you know, um, you know, let her know that uh, you're thinking of her and, and all of that. I think that would be greatly appreciated. She's, she's been through a lot, and she's a wonderful lady. And uh, I'm sure she'll be looking forward to getting back here with us. Also, in the uh, section to right in front of me to my left, towards the back, Tristan, the Marine, is here. And uh, so uh, let's stretch our hand towards him real quick. Yes, amen. They got a, he's got to be on a plane at, at 1259. So uh, I know Mama, she's like, oh, because it's just nice to have him here. And, and he came in just to honor uh, my wife and myself and uh, her family for that service. And so it means a lot to me, Tris. It means a lot to me. Father, in Jesus' name, touch this man. Thank you so much for keeping him safe. And God, we thank you for protecting our country. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about what's under the tree now, this week, we're going to talk about something that we all see under the tree. Next week, you need to come, but, uh, and at Student 180, you need to come because our Christmas party is Thursday, I think. And so bring your favorite Christmas carol that you want to lip sync. There will be prizes. I, I may even bust a move. I don't know, but uh, I should be back uh, Thursday, but we're going to have a great time, a lot of games, and they're going to bring like generic gifts. We're going to do swaps and fun stuff, nothing expensive, but just enjoy each other and knowing that Jesus is Lord. Can you say amen to that? So we're excited. But uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about, of all things, I'm going to be talking about the Grinch next week. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to go with it. I'm just telling you, you might want to show up. So uh, all of you who's in Whoville, you might want to come next week. But today we're going to talk about just what's under our tree. We'll finish this series next week, and, uh, and, and then we'll move on from there. But um, I want us to talk about being the light. I want to be the light. Don't you want to be the light? I mean, let's talk about, we were talking about Christmas, and if you look, look at this tree over here now. It's got a star on top. 
the reason that we have stars on top of our trees is, is specifically from the story in the Bible. And so I want us to look at that. It's one of the best-known symbols of the season. And so it's very common to put a star on top of the tree. I mean, even in uh, um, Christmas Story with Ralphie and Randy, you know, he had to adjust the star. That star is perfect, and, you know, and he had to fix it. Because it, just, it's just kind of one of those things. So it's very common. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember growing up when our star did not work. We had a star that didn't work. Uh, I don't know what happened and why, um, but um, back when I was growing up, and my, my mom and, and dad are here, dad's out there, mom is, there she is, she's over here, we had all of the Christmas stuff in the carport. Now, if you don't know what a carport is, you probably do, but it was like, it, is, it was made so that teenage sons had to go grab stuff and bring them in the house. So all of the Christmas stuff was out in the carport, like why we couldn't put that in the house somewhere beats me. But there's probably no room. I don't know. So it was like, Brett, go to the carport and get the box. And so, you know, I'd have to carry this stuff in. Well, the, the light didn't work. And so that's a kind of a big deal. So me and my sister kind of like, and that year, and I only remember this one time, that year, mom made a star out of cardboard and then put tinfoil around it. Wrapped it with tinfoil and, and then we wired it to the top of the tree. Now, these trees that we bought were not your normal trees. We went and we chopped our tree down. Did you, anybody ever do that or you still do that? Yeah, and I mean, that's a great tradition. And, and, and some people go, I don't like to do that because the needles fall off. They're supposed to fall off. That's part of the tradition. But we'd go out and we'd be, you know, we, we have it on film. We'd be, you know, out in, in the snow. And that's when it really snowed all the time on Christmas. How many remember that? And now, didn't it snow last year? I think it's supposed to snow this year. So all you Bing Crosby fans, you'll be right in them. You can. But anyway, we went and what we did is we'd find a tree and, you know, and I'd say, hey, dad, how about this one? No. Hey, dad, how about this? And my sister, but hey, how about this one? No. Well, dad would finally find a tree, but he would always find one. It would be the top of another tree. In other words, it was this huge tree, and then dad would get a ladder and cut its top off. Because at the top, it was just like shape perfect, you know? So then we left a tree that looked like it had a flat top when we left. But we'd take that home, and, and you know, when you get the tree in the warm, and then they just, the branches just kind of. Our tree filled up the whole living room half the time. It was like this massive tree that ate the living room. And so we'd put it in there, and we had the big lights. How many remember big lights? They were like your nightlight lights, but they were colored, and they had great big reflectors on the back of them. And it was so cool, and they clipped to your branches. Now you have all you buy almost. It's hard to find a tree that's not pre-lit. But it was just wonderful. And then that star at the top, it was with tinfoil, but it still reflected light because of the lights we put on there with the reflectors. Then after that, we got it replaced. She found another star that lit, and we did that. Then years later, <laughs> she put on top of the tree, we called it the rocket angel. It had an angel that, I guess, you know, the skirt part fit over the tree, and she held two two lights like this we made fun of that rocket angel for years my sister true story we would tell mom something about that angel my sister kidnapped the angel and left a ransom note on the tree 
for that angel. And we just gave mom fits over that stuff. But we had so much fun at Christmas just decorating the tree and enjoying each other's company. When my sister's kids would come over to the house, I remember when Katie and Amy were just, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. They're just tiny. And Amy, she kind of, she would, she kind of walk like this and dance and stuff. And, and, and they would put, decorate mom's tree. And, and they could only, I mean, they're only this tall. And so they would put all of the, one tree would be just plastered with ornaments. The rest of the tree, ain't nothing on it. <laughs> And my mom would leave it that way. She wouldn't change it because that's how they decorated it. And that stood out to me. I just thought, oh, how cool that was. And they would look at the lights and the, and the star. The thing about the star and the lights is those lights, they shimmer and they, they talk about the night sky. They sing to you. They tell you a story and the star in the story that we're going to read. Our trees, most of the time when growing up, had tinsel on them. Tinsel is what's used in heaven on trees. Everybody knows that. I, I like tinsel. Um, anyway, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 2. Look at verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the, that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw, listen to this, his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Drop down just to verse 10, and it says, When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. So the star led these guys to Jesus. But it made them feel happy. They worshipped him. They, they understood there's a meaning behind that. And so many things, especially if you ever studied the book of Revelation, there's just so much meaning. Everything means something. What we do and we celebrate, the world sees one thing, but really there's, there's a lot deeper meaning than that. You see, the star, they were calling it his star, and it rested over where Jesus was. It's telling that nativity story that we read in the gospel. Jesus was indeed the expected Messiah. It pointed particular people to him. They saw that and said, we got to follow this. That was its role, pointing and leading the way. And that, my friends, is what I want to talk about. That star, its light, pointed and led the way. God has had that pattern consistently as we are followers of Jesus. Is that not our job? Here's our first thought this morning as we unpack this. He used the star to point to Jesus. The star of Bethlehem pointed to Jesus. It drew attention to him. It helped people find him. They found Jesus because of this star, the light that it produced. When the light of God is inside of us, as believers of Jesus, we shine. We're supposed to shine. And it's not because we're anything special, but because of what is in us is special. Not who we are, but maybe whose we are. And when God comes and starts shining on you or shining in you, it isn't always, maybe it's not always comfortable for us, and it's not sometimes comfortable for maybe those around. Because kind of like taking a cat and rubbing it backwards sometimes. God might have you 
do something or help somebody that might put you out just a bit. Maybe it's somebody that just needed help this Christmas or something happened and it's out of their control and they didn't know what they were going to do or they didn't know how to to help get Christmas for their kids and God puts it on your heart. Is it convenient? Probably not. You see, in case of Herod, and it really a lot in Jerusalem, they were troubled because Now it's going to mess with their way of doing things, so to speak. You know, I don't know about you, but when I uh, came to Jesus, and he was always there, so I came to him, he started changing me on the inside. So I started doing things more his way and not my way. How many understand that's kind of what he, I mean, because Jesus is, so he, he's a serving. I mean, he just, you, you'll serve. All of a sudden you feel like, I just need to help them. I want to do this. And so it's not about us. So things change. In Herod back there, things are going to change now because if this is who he thinks it is, and it was, he's got to stop this because it's going to take the life that he knows it and totally change it. And so Herod responds, as most people do when they don't understand or they're paranoid, in fear and aggression. Let's do something with this. Let's just silence this whole thing. God's ways are not our ways, are they sometimes? His thoughts are not our thoughts. Sometimes when God wants you to do something, it might take you against the flow. You might have to take another way home because he wants you to do something else or to help or Something of that nature. But the wise men responded in worship. So how do we respond? As believers of Jesus, how does the light shine in us if God tells us to do something? If he tells us to help someone or do whatever we need to do according to what he has put on our heart? Is it always convenient? Mm -mm. God used other things to bring people to Jesus. This is our next thought this morning. He uses scripture to point to Jesus. The word is full of just pointing to before his coming, and then once he was here, to the kingdom and to God. 2 Peter 1, 16 and 21 says, We're not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes, When we received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him in the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns, And Christ, I love this, the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize no prophecy in Scripture uh, overcame the prophet's own understanding from any human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. Isn't it amazing that their words were like a lamp shining in a dark place? Jesus, the morning star it started making me think about just christmas 
and, and why we really celebrate. I mean, we have a Bible to study from. You and I, we've, we've got the written word. We can go to the Bible and we can look up different things and, and say, yeah, we can see what they said, what they did. Do you understand, they were, they were living this and it had to be written for you and I. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I, I had a professor in college that, um, you know, he'd give you a book and... and um, Sometimes the books aren't as easy to read. Does that make sense? I mean, it's almost like if you if you read King James and you're in King James, unless you kind of get an understanding of it, there's a lot of these thou's and thy goest here, thy hither, thy yon will thou. And if you're not grabbing all that, that's why I like the New Living Translation because it it says it a little more plain. But this professor, he would he would look at the book. We'd be we'd have to know, but he would. He would say what it was saying, and so if you were in class and you took good notes, you'd pass. I never read my book in his class. I just opened it where he said. I just listened to him and took good notes, and I got um, A's and B's in his class because he was able to explain and put that in an in avenue that I could go, oh, oh okay. And that's what these guys are doing, and that's what's happening. They're walking this out. They're living this out. They are finding out what the real light is about so they can tell you and I who the light is. This whole scene is so that we are, we are in darkness, but they're saying, yet there's hope. There is a light. And this is how it came about. That's pretty special, man. That's pretty cool to be able to go, yes, okay, I get it. Peter declared what he had seen and believed so we can see and believe. That's what we were reading about. He's saying, I heard this voice. I saw them on the mountain. I mean, this stuff happened. When I would tell my kids the story, even in the wonderful nightgown on Christmas Eve, there's a word picture. You know what I got for my birthday? My wife got me. It is not a new dress. It would clash with my heels. I did not get a new dress. No, I got some Mr. Incredible pajama bottoms. And I said, why, thank you, my darling. Anyway, um, I would tell them, I would tell my kids, and their eyes would be big as, you know, like because it's Christmas, let's say chestnuts. And they would, they would be looking at me, and I'd have a flashlight under the blanket, or I'd, wherever we'd be telling the story, and I would tell them, this really happened. And they would go, really? I said, yes. And they would just be amazed. And the boys loved the stories of Samson and, and all of that, you know, and, and all those fighting, and this is what happened. And so I created these characters for them. They were the lightning boys. And they would come and they would hear from God and they would save the day. And the girls were the thunder girls. I figured lightning, thunder. But I based them off Bible stories that were true. This nativity story happened. 
the prophets had come before and said, he's coming, he's coming, he will be coming. And if you remember last week, we talked about Simeon, 400 years had passed. But yet in his lifetime, he said, God, let me see this. Because he believed what was written. You can believe what is written. Everything in scripture pointed to Jesus prior to his coming and everything since points to him as well. Revelation twenty two sixteen says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you the message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. This year, when you look at Christmas tree and you see that star, let it resemble in your heart the bright morning star. The one that is above everything else. The one that nothing is, is too great for him. The one that came to save you. The bright and morning star. He is the one that all scripture declares. He is the bright day star. He's the focus of every word written, every idea expressed. It is Jesus, the Christ. He is the fulfillment of it all. The one that points to God's very own special word. I used to think, God, these people are amazing. But isn't it the way God does? He always uses people. He always uses people, proves his love for you and his belief that you have value. Don't let anybody tell you that the precious gifts, you know what they are? The riches are people. That's what God wants his kingdom to be full of. He's already got streets of gold. He wants kids. So with that, Mallory and Justin have some babies. (laughs) Just throwing that in where I get the chance. Here's our third thought moving right along. (laughs) He uses people. God used John to point to Jesus. John, I'm not going to read all this. I'm just giving you some scripture. John 1, 1 through 5 and 6 and 18 and all that. Jesus was the light. John bore witness to the light. And so John was aware of his position. In other words, he knew his role. He's very much understood, you know, this is Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I'm pointing to Jesus. That's my role. That's my job. He was his cousin. He came six months before Jesus, and he started making the way. He was recognized as this great man, but John didn't receive it when men tried to do things. John said, look, I must decrease and he must increase because my job is to tell you that he's coming. One's coming that's greater than I. You think it's me. It's not me. It's him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's John saying, you know what? I'm declaring in the wilderness. You need to hear it. In this Christmas season, in the hustle and bustle of all the stuff going on, the Black Fridays, the Blue Thursdays, whatever you want to call them, there's got to be something more stable than that. My friends, the best gift you could ever have is the morning star, Jesus Christ. Matthew 3, 1 through 6 says, In those days John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching his message, Repent! 
for your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem, from all Judea, and all over Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. I think some people just went out there because he, in some people's face, he's, you know, he's a carnival act. I mean, he's crazy. He's like the guy on Back to the Future. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's got wild hair. He's wearing clothes with a belt. He's eating bugs. He probably, you know, I mean, he's just. But the Bible says he had no small following. He might have been unusual, but yet. He was popular because there's something about when you speak the truth, it penetrates. The Bible says that that goes right down, bone and marrow. I mean, it just hits where it needs to hit. John didn't beat around the bush. He just said, ba-bam. Huge crowds. Baptized people in the Jordan River. (laughs) John knew his purpose. And was delighted to do that. We do know that Jesus declared John was one of the greatest people born of a woman. So he gave John great honor. But John, again, was all about making him increase and himself decrease. He recognized his role. And it was not to build a church for himself, but to point to the star. You know, in every play, if you're secular, in every Broadway show, in every movie, who's the star? And some stars, well, we must get top billing. Your, my name must be before yours. Mine must be in bold. You know, there's people that are like that. And I'm not, you know, I get it. And, and you, you can give honor where honor's due. I understand that. And it's okay to do something. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have your name in whatever. As long as it's good. But John said, you know what, what's more important than this? My purpose isn't to build as much my ministry as to build the kingdom. is to show them that you're the star. My purpose is not to build a name for myself, but to tell them about your name. The name that's above every name. The name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. The name that's taking away the sins of the world. I'm going to tell them about that. That's John's mindset. Draw attention to Jesus. Proclaim him. Lift him up. You see, John is a pattern. The star drew people. John drew people. Maybe we need to start drawing people to Jesus. Here's our fourth thought. As believers, followers of Jesus, God uses Christians to point to Jesus. Believers just like you and me. People, ordinary people. The Ohio Edison man. The florist. Whoever it is. Whatever job they have. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. It doesn't matter. He uses believers. You and I have the same role today. That we read about. 
We're supposed to be like John. He's trying to show us. The star trying to show us. We must in decrease. He must increase. Matthew 5.14, Jesus declared that this to be true of you and me. We are the light of the world to be set up high, but not to glorify us. What's our role? What's our purpose? It's not to focus on ourselves. Not on who we are, but whose we are. Our task is to draw and focus to Jesus. God used light sources to bring focus to Jesus. Those sources came in different forms. A star, a man, believers. The whole point of light is to illuminate something. If we took this room and made it completely dark, I thought about doing this and then I thought, ah, Christmas Eve, it'll be awesome. We'll, do, we'll have a great service Christmas. But if we made this room completely pitch black, and everybody in here had a candle. And we lit one candle, just one. Everybody in the room would see the light. And then that candle lit the next candle. And that candle. I sound like a Breck hair commercial, don't I? <laughs> Go tell someone, and they'll tell someone, and they'll tell someone. But you just keep lighting those candles, and pretty soon the whole place has light and it is illuminated because of the light that you carry the light that you did something with how well are we shining for jesus those that are watching me by facebook how well are you shining for jesus i mean is it just depend on our mood i'm guilty of that does it depend on how somebody acts to you? And so if that's what they give, apples for apples, you're going to give it back to them? I'm guilty of that. Anybody else? You're going to be mean to me? I'm going to throw snot back at you. Can't do that. I mean, it, it feels good. How many of those? It does feel good. But it's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be light. Sometimes in this time is hard for people. And, you know, they might be rude in the store. They might be rude in the grocery. But are you to be rude back or are you to be the light? Are you to be the one that just waters some kindness, shows them some love? The other day, Maddie and I went through Starbucks. Now, my girls like Starbucks. They like coffee. I, I like coffee. It's kind of like a pastor's national beverage, but... I, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, to me, I, it's not like they get the, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't want to pay $5 for a cup of coffee for me. Um, and I mean, sometimes I do, depending on what it is or what the, if I'm in that kind of a mood, I guess. But um, we, we went in line, and we went up to pay for Maddie's um, Lapa Frappa Huchinaka, I don't know what they are, but, you know, I, they always have to tell me what I'm ordering for them, word by word, they get a big kick out of that, what do you want, I'm like, why don't you have small, medium, and large, we do, but we call them, why, why do you have to make it hard for guys, 
I mean, you girls just rattle stuff up. No whip, no, I don't know. It's just like, hey, yo, give me some coffee. But anyway, we get through there, and we go to pay, and the lady says, the car in front of you paid for yours. And Maddie goes, what? And I said, well, you know, God bless them. Thank you. And she said, okay, well, have a great day. I said, Merry Christmas, and so that you know, there was nobody behind us. (laughs) You're going to just see if I pay it forward, aren't you? (laughs) You better practice what you preach. There was nobody behind me, so, you know, we were like, and Maddie's like, wow. And I said, isn't that great, Maddie? And she said, yeah. I said, that is the blessing of God. My, My friends, listen to me. Little things like that, not going to break the bank, but that's a little bit of light in a dark spot. You know, just a little word of encouragement just to say, hey, you know, you look great today. Or, hey, you have a Merry Christmas. I, I've been telling people Merry Christmas all year long, which gets kind of odd, but mostly <laughs> at, at this time of year. And, and sometimes they don't even know how to take that. I mean, I'll just say Merry Christmas, and they'll be like, oh, well, oh, Merry Christmas to you. What, what, what would it be if we were all followers of Jesus to the point where it wouldn't be convenient, but yet he would say, I, can you help them? Have you ever been in line? How many remember years ago that's, uh, that, that song that came out about the red shoes? That song, I mean, it's not the happiest Christmas song. Can I buy these shoes for my mama, please? I'm like, please turn the channel because I don't want to cry, you know. <laughs> But the, the purpose of that song is the dude was in line, and he sees the issue going on, and the kid doesn't have enough money, and he says, I knew I was there on purpose to buy those shoes. Now, I'm not saying that there needs to be any kind of tragedy or anything like that, but what I'm saying is there was a light in that line. And I know that's a song, so I'm not trying to make that scripture. What I'm telling you, you are. God says, I will no longer write my my word or my laws on on these tablets, but I will write them on their hearts. I'll put them on their hearts. So how are you shining when you're out in the world? Now, that doesn't mean you have to buy something for somebody every time you go somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, just helping someone. Or if they only have a couple packages, hey, you can go in front of me. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Hey, you have a Merry Christmas. Just a smile, just, just kind words. Are you attempting to shine light in a world that needs it so desperately? Notice that this message isn't about individually us or our church. This is about mankind. God's star, for God so loved the world that he gave. He came for everyone. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are all precious in his sight. Jesus doesn't care what color you are. Do we spend any time telling people about Jesus? How much time do we talk about him amongst ourselves? Monday ought to be the best day of our week because we should come to church and get filled up. That's what this is supposed to be. Although church is like a hospital and I get it because hurting people come and they just need somebody to be the light. 
I mean, some people, they don't know Jesus, and they just come, and their kids are loving back there in the Max, and Mr. Sean and, and Miss Lacey, they're loving all of that, and that's great. But they just need, like, you know, for them, maybe just 45 minutes or an hour of them not having the child, and they love the child going, Daddy, Mommy, I want something to drink. And they're like, I just, I just want an adult conversation. Real, I'd come home after being in the office and our kids were little. I'd come home and you know, Kim would be like, "So how was your day? What'd you do?" and all that. And I'm like, "Good, fine." Anything else? <laughs> but she's just like, "I just want to talk to somebody that doesn't need cheese crackers." <laughs> Sometimes people they just need someone that that says, "You know what? I don't have to be everything, except maybe a little bit of light." We're supposed to get encouraged here. We're supposed to leave this place encouraged. And here's the thing. Our mindset shouldn't be, I have to go to church. Listen, y'all, we get to go to church. We don't have to. You could be somewhere else, but you chose to be here. You get to come. So come and do it on purpose and say, you know what, God, help me to affect those that I touch today. Help me to affect my family this week. God, help me be the light. And sometimes we feel like, we, God, you know, I messed that up. I failed. I, I lost my temper. I said something I shouldn't have. That's the great thing about God. He'll put you right back up there again. He'll take that away. He's an amazing God. We grew up. How many remember? We loved watching. Like we wait on Friday night. Remember TGIF? And there was always Urkel, step by step, hanging with Mr. Cooper. And we had all those on VHS, all the Christmas special. Thank, thank God it's Friday. But in the world system, people want Friday for different reasons. We just wanted Friday because it was a great family night for our kids because we knew that we could probably trust most of these shows and, and we could put them there. We could have popcorn. We could have family time. We could be the light to our kids. Our kids could be the light to us. But in a world that's so dark, some people, they just want Friday because it's just a time to go and maybe do some things that maybe aren't so good. They don't have any good qualities. They don't produce anything. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. And then they, they almost get obliterated in some cases. Not every case, but then, then Monday comes around and they're still hungover from Friday. And they're trying to just get through to the next weekend just to go through the same ritual again. There is life better than that, with more meaning. We get to come to church. It is a privilege. We live in America, these United States. We are free people. And this is our mission field. When we come to church to get filled up, the mission field isn't right here. The mission field is out those doors that you came in. When you stop at Wendy's or you go to Bob Evans or wherever you go or you go home or however you work, that's the mission field. Can you be light to those that are around you? Can you point to Jesus? Do people know who you believe and who you follow? Do they know that without you even saying, I'm a believer, but they know, oh, they're a fanatic. You don't even have to do things fanatical. If it's just different than the world, sometimes people will be like, oh, they're over the top. You can wait at your table, for real. Wait till the waiter or waitress comes, then pray. 
Because they'll, they'll, can I take your, oh. <laughs> they'll pray with you just because it's reverent. And there's other tables around that might be like, oh, oh, they're praying. Oh. <laughs> it's true. But be the light to them and, and just don't be ashamed of who you believe in. The star in Bethlehem did its job. It brought people to Jesus. Scripture points to Jesus. John the Baptist led people to Jesus. You and I are supposed to be stars that lead people to Jesus. Now, he's the star, but we have to be the light. You might be saying, Brett, you know what? I'm not as profound as Scripture. I'm just me. I'm not real eloquent. I don't probably have the best etiquette. I say things that I'm like, probably shouldn't have said that. My family has a book of the phrases I've used from the platform. Well, they, they, they have it on. You know, if I say anything that's really like a couple weeks ago, I just told everybody we were going to do that second song. I said, everybody in here do number two. My family's like, <laughs> he, told us, he told us all to do number two. Thank you. Thank you. Come to this church, get a real move of God, right? That's what you're Sorry. But I'm telling you, if you just be yourself and you'll just be real and you just have the love of God in you, it's crazy what it'll do doesn't mean you have to buy anything. It just means you just have to be obedient. If it, if it calls to buy something, then buy it. Because if God told you to do it, he'll make sure that you're taken care of. Now it becomes faith and trust. My challenge to you this morning is this year, when we look at that light on the tree, that star, I want you to see that star still shines brightly to this day. And it shines in each one of us. And it is our job, whether we are a student going to a Christian school or a secular school or a whatever kind of job, we are to be the light and we are to shine so that we draw people back to the one that will change everything for them. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Heavenly Father, you're so amazing. <laughs>